welcome to another episode. We've got a special episode with uh, Todd Tobias uh, out on the West Coast. We're sheltering in place, and uh, we're not going to talk about that too much. We're going to talk about the hobby we, we both love. So before I get to Todd, uh, thank you, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, as well as Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards out in California, ComC in Seattle, and Beckett Media, including Beckett Grading and Beckett Authentication up the road. So, Todd, you're San Diego. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to uh, hear uh, your hobby journey from uh, 1978 up to the present. So yeah. take it away and welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I enjoy being here and, and any opportunity to talk hobby is always fun. Um, so my hobby story began in the uh, summer of 1978. Um, we were taking a, a trip from uh, San Diego up to visit family in Montana, and we were going to be driving in a motorhome. And so my dad bought my cousin and I both unopened boxes of 1978 Topps cards so that we would, you know, go in the back of the motorhome and chew bubble gum and trade cards and, and just kind of have fun. And the truth is I was only five years old at the time. I didn't really know a whole lot yet about baseball uh, or, or cards or anything along those lines, but something in that experience turned out to be magical. And, uh, and I've, I've collected ever since, um, you know, growing up, my dad actually was a, a very avid collector. He grew up in Denver uh, at the time when the Denver Bears were the AAA farm club of the New York Yankees. And so he grew up seeing the, the Bill Scourins and the Hank Bowers and the uh, Johnny Blanchards and Tony Kubeks and all of those guys. And so a lot of my youth was spent talking cards and talking baseball history with my dad. And, um, and the one bit of advice that he always gave me was buy old stuff. So I was, I was born in 1972. And so, you know, early eighties, all my buddies were collecting the Mike Schmitz and the, uh, you know, Dale Murphy's and uh, Daryl Strawberries were hot then and Don Mattingly's and, uh, you know, of course in my area, Tony Gwynn, um, we would go to the local card shows and I'd be trying to find Mays or Aaron or Mandel or, you know, Aparicio, or he'd tell me about Nellie Fox, all these different guys. And um, so, you know, I, I certainly added, in a lot of the stuff that was more contemporary to my age as well. But uh, I, I, I really loved the old stuff and, and talking about it. And, you know, conversations with my dad would be like, he'd talk to me about, for example, the 1954 Bowman Nelly Fox card. And he'd always say, you know, I just don't understand why the ball was purple, you know, and the, the ball in, in Nelly's glove, it's got a, a purple sheen to it. And just these funny little quips about cards that he remembered from being a kid uh, was the kind of stuff that I grew up learning about. What did, uh, what did you do for money? I mean, were you uh, industrious or did your dad give you some money or was it a self-sustaining hobby at the point of time when you're looking for these uh, maze cards when your friends are buying the cheaper packs or looking for Don Mattingly? I mean, it, the cards weren't as expensive as they are now, uh, certainly, but it still took money. So wh wh what was your source of sure. funds? Well, you know, it depends on, on what era exactly you're talking about. By the time I was in high school, I, I hit high school at a really fortuitous time. Uh, I graduated in 1991 when card shops were like 7-Elevens, they were everywhere. And so the last three years of my time in high school, I was buying collections from kids after school. And, and then I could take them and wholesale them at card shops around town. Uh, so I made my money that way. When I was younger, you know, you do whatever you can as a kid. You, you get an allowance for raking the leaves and mowing the lawn. You, uh, you know, my dad was an antique dealer by trade. So he kind of taught me the buying and selling thing when I was younger. Uh, so we would you know, maybe go to a, go to a uh, garage sale and, and I'd pick something up and, and he would help me to, to find a place to sell it. So uh, we were kind of, kind of into the buying and selling, 
you know, from very early on, at least I was, that was what was instilled in me. What are the first card shows that you remember? If you were, were you in the LA area or in San Diego area? No, in San Diego. The very first show that I can remember going to was at the Parkway Bowl in, uh, it's in the basically La Mesa, El Cajon border. And I remember my, I was probably seven years old about at that point. And I remember my dad bought uh, 1960 tops, Mickey Mantle, Louis Aparicio and Nellie Fox, three cards for 10 bucks. And uh, that man, that was my first Mantle card that he gave me. Um, but then we would go to the Scottish Rite Center shows that were in, in Mission Valley. Yeah. Uh, there were occasional shows at the Town and Country Hotel. Uh, those were those were a little bit bigger ones. Right. Uh, so, yeah. What about getting up to L.A.? Were you pretty much uh, a San Diego person or did you get I up? was a San Diego person. I never really got, got up to L.A. very much. Uh, I spent my summers in uh, a college up at, in Lake Tahoe. And so I would hit some shows around in Reno and, and areas like that, different different casinos around the lake. But for the most part, I was San Diego. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I I, rare, I went to San Diego a little bit. My my sisters went to college there for okay. a, a couple of years, but mainly I'd go to L.A. My parents used to live in Palos Verdes and mm-hmm. uh, and I'd visit them and uh, and I'd hit the big uh, L.A. shows from the kind of the mid 70s. I guess you were barely born, but but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the first national there. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, seemed like a, a lot of action in uh, in Southern California. And, you know, it- as far as I could tell, it was, it was kind of hard for me to judge because I wasn't really an adult at that point, you know, just, just starting to be in the early nineties. But for a kid, you know, there was plenty of stuff going around card wise, a bunch of my buddies collected. And then when they got out of collecting, they were more than willing to sell me their collections and, uh, and so, word got around high school, like I said, and, and I would buy collections from, from people that I didn't even know, you know, kids that, that wanted money to take a girl out on the weekend or whatever, and they were willing to sell their cards. Well, they, but they were mainly newer cards, right? So I mean, they weren't for the most part. For the most part, you know, you know, a lot of kid collections they might they might come up with a you know a, a random fifties or sixties card or a couple of cards in them that somehow along the lines. But for the most part, they were mid to late seventies, early eighties kind of stuff. And so, where did you sell them in those days? I mean, well, there were a ton of shops around town. So basically, what I did, I took stuff home. You know, I would I would give somebody a lump a lump sum for their entire collection. I'd take stuff home kind of sort it out, figure out a decent way to package it up to make it a little more attractive. And then I'd sell it to different card shops. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, you know, one of the impressive things, Todd, you've shared with me is that you really never took a, an extended break from the industry. So did it just gradually escalate or was there at some point where you got even more serious about it or where you have to maintain the intensity? What, what, was, your, <laughs> what was your track record there? You know, <sighs> I don't know. I, I was just, it was just something that I was passionate about from a very early, a very early age. And I love sports and I love collecting. And so anytime that I got the opportunity in school, I would, I would, you know, tailor some of my work around sports. Um, and I always wanted to work somehow in sports and uh, that combined with having an interest in history. Eventually I got to uh, earn my college degree in history and a, and a master's degree in history as well. So those things kind of dovetailed. Um, but I collected the entire time and my collection has, has changed size and changed focus, you know, a few different times during the years. Um, you know, I would say from inception through about 1998 or so I was 90% baseball and I did cards and I did store model gloves and autograph balls and bats. And I had a couple of baseball themed pinball machines and, and really anything I could get my hands on. Uh, later on it, it shifted towards the AFL and, and, uh, things along those lines, charger related being in San Diego. And so I gradually sold off most of my baseball stuff and focused more on the football and the AFL. Uh, 
the thing that kind of drove that as well was uh, the research and the writing that I've done professionally. I've written a couple of books on different periods in Charger history. Uh, I was the curator of the San Diego Hall of Champions Sports Museum here in town. And so I was constantly being fed sports and sports history. And, you know, it was really, if you've got the collecting gene, uh, when somebody is, is constantly pushing interesting stuff in front of you, it's really easy to start collecting it. Oh, is, has collecting been your main gig or your side gig? Uh, side gig for the most part, side gig, but, uh, but my work has always been in sports or sports history. You know, for example, like I said, I did the, uh, I wrote a couple of books. I did the, uh, I was the curator of the sports museum. I used to do a lot of history-based work for the Chargers. Uh, when they were here in town, I set up, um, I guess, home bar room or trophy rooms for a handful of, of baseball players, Trevor Hoffman, Brett Boone, Bob Boone, Jamie Moyer. Uh, bought and sold cards and memorabilia. So I've always been in and around sports, cards, memorabilia, history, just in, in many different ways. So you're mainly football now? And, and, For the uh, most part, and yeah. And you have a list of, the, you know, we've talked, I've talked on other episodes about the, um, you know, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not that focused anymore. I had to be focused uh, mm-hmm. back in the day. I don't now. And so I enjoy just browsing and being opportunistic. But most people, it sounds like you, are somewhat focused. When you go to a national convention, uh, you're, what are you looking for? Well, I've got a, I've got a list of uh, very specific autographed football cards that I'm looking for. Uh, there would also be some, you know, some different oddball uh, AFL related cards that I would enjoy. They wouldn't necessarily have to be autographed. And then I, I still allow myself a little bit of leeway in terms of seeing stuff that I like or, or may not go in with a plan to purchase. I also happen to love the sport of lacrosse and I collect lacrosse cards. So you don't typically find a lot of those, but on the rare chance that, uh, that I do stumble across them, I'm willing to pick those up too. If, uh, if it's something I don't already have. Do you get, uh, are you, are you, more, are you said you're a historian, but are you, do you, have you done, uh, are you very analytical and numerical? No, I would say I'm not a statistics guy. I'm more of a stories guy. Well, my point is um, like 64 tops football. Right compared to 63 tops football, I think there are a lot less 64 tops football. Generally tops sure. get more cards every year as you get close to the present. But if I look at 59, 60, 61, two, three tops football, which are NFL mm-hmm. uh, sets, I think 64, five, six, and seven are, are way lesser produced. Did you, did lesser you, produced in, in terms of the size of the set or in terms of quality oh, of the cards produced? Cards produced. I, oh, I think yeah. Is, well, certainly. Time. And so I think there, I mean, I think you've correctly seized on kind of a golden era, I mean, a pivotal era, era, era in the, the history of football, which, you know, essentially paved the way for, for the, the Super Bowl and opened up football. And San, mm-hmm. actually San Diego was a big part of that. Absolutely. But let's I want to do another episode with you that's just related to the AFL, because I think that'd be fun for the listeners. And, and they'd be uh, just, the you know, it's it's the AFC now, but it really was the AFL. And there really were some very uh, distinctive differences. So I want to come back to that in a different episode. But uh, mm-hmm. what uh, just a, how about you have a, you have a question for me? We just got time for one more question. Maybe you've got something burning to ask me if you don't you I'll know. do something. But. You know, it's funny because I was, uh, when I was growing up, I would, I would get your, your price guides, the, uh, the annual guides to begin with, and then certainly the monthlies. And, um, and you were like this, uh, this, oh my gosh, like this aura, this God in, in the hobby that, that, you know, as a, as a little kid, 
uh, was there was just such a, a large disconnect. You know, it was it was something that, that I thought was so cool what you were doing. Um, I guess if, if I were to ask a question of you, it would be uh, what's 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 been the highlight of your collecting life? You know, what, what is the, what is the thing out of all that you've done both professionally and as a hobby, what have you enjoyed the most? I think, uh, you know, I have some personal things and then I have some group things. I think some of the personal things that I did in, in terms of collecting and doing some of the very first uh, price guides, a real sense of accomplishment there, but uh, a, a greater dimension of joy was, you know, assembling a great team and really enjoying uh, uh, building up the company. And I, I don't miss being retired now, but because, uh, you know, if you're God, you don't retire, right? <laughs> so, Absolutely. Again, further disproof that I am not <laughs> and never was uh, anything but a, but a mere mortal, uh, but I am old enough to be your, be your, be your dad, Todd. So I'm going to take this is, is that. And so that's a, that's a good note to end on. So thanks, Todd, for giving me a shot in the arm. Hey, you bet. Thank you for having me. Uh, we'll be back again uh, with another episode uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll be back with Todd uh, at another time to talk about his uh, our mutual love of the uh, AFL and how it's impacted football today. So thanks, listeners. Thanks, Todd. Be back tomorrow. The man in-